Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Not only are we born again by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, but also after we're born again, there's the sprinkling of blood, which takes away our daily sins. We're talking about the shedding and the sprinkling of blood. Let's see how that applies to our life today. Let's go to the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. Uh, what I'm going to be teaching on today and probably into tomorrow is the difference between the shedding and the sprinkling of blood. And uh, this is probably brought up more in the book of Hebrews than anything else. And so I have a flash drive on the book of Hebrews that I'm offering to you. And it's going to be a great blessing to you. And so, you know, you know, I like flash drives or even CDs. You listen to them in the car. You know, I, I think the, the car is something we don't often stop. The people ask people, well, just, oh, I don't have time to study. I just don't have time for it. Well, listen to the flesh. I'd listen. My life is so crammed with stuff. But you know what? We seem to blank out when it comes to a car. We get it. We turn on talk radio or we listen to oldies and we hear songs we've heard for years over and over and over again when it could be used for more profitable things. I have found in listening in my car that I can hear half a sermon going to the office and half a sermon coming back. And in one day, I've gone through an entire sermon. And that will certainly change your life more than the Rolling Stones, I can tell you that, or more than, you know, some country singer or or more than a talk radio, especially. I mean, you know, they say something on talk radio and they have all these predictions. It doesn't come to pass. So tomorrow we're talking about something else. That doesn't come to pass. Then we talk about something else. And so, uh, again, that's the way the world is. But with the word of God, you have something that will stick with you forever forever. So again, that's why I think it's a great thing to offer this. If you ever tried that, listen, try doing that and you'll find out, man, your life can change in a week or two. I mean, drastically change if you just fill up the time in the car with the teaching of the word of God, not just Christian music, that's all right. But I'm talking about listening to a teaching from the word of God that opens up, explains the scripture. Well, we're going to start today in first Peter chapter one with the shedding and sprinkling of blood. We're going to take a look in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. While you're finding that, let me quickly again say to those who help with this broadcast, who are my partners, who join hands with me, who have first of all joined hearts with me because you love the Word of God, then thank you so much for doing this. And so again, would love to have you become a partner with me. If you're not a partner with me and love to join this, this multitude around me that helps me lift up my hands and get the job done, then I simply admonish you, go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place on there where you can become a partner with me. Thank you, thank you for being obedient to God or else just you purposing in your heart to be a partner with me in this ministry. First Peter chapter one, let's take a look at verses one through seven. Here Peter says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered across Pontus, Asia, Cappadocia, Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, that's the new birth, unto with the result of living an obedient life and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace be to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has caused us to be born again into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you who are guarded by the power of God through faith to a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in which this present life you greatly rejoice, although now for a little while, if necessary, you are in heaviness through many trials, that the trial of your faith being much more precious 
precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found to result in praise, honor, and glory at the peering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, in these verses of scripture, what we find out is this. Peter is simply saying in these verses of scripture, we're born again, but we're born again unto a certain thing. We're born again in our spirit, sanctified in our spirit, but the ultimate result is God wants to live us a life of obedience. What's attached to a life of obedience is the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul brought out so strongly in the book of Hebrews, the shedding and sprinkling of blood. Let me just give you the difference between the two. These come from the time when Israel crossed the Red Sea and the first of the sacrifices uh, sacrifices were brought to them. And this is the Passover. The first celebration of Passover had the shedding and sprinkling of blood. Shedding came first. It had to come first. They cut the open the, the, the lamb and the blood was poured out into bowls, into basins. Then they took that after it was shed, they sprinkled it around the doorpost. And what's being brought out in those verses of scripture, there's two times when the blood of Christ is used in our life. Number one, the shedding of blood is used for salvation. You will never, ever, ever, ever face a need for the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ again. Once you are saved, the shedding of blood into your life is over, but the sprinkling of blood goes on your life after that. And I want you to notice something. It says through sanctification of the spirit, that's being born again unto with the result of obedience and sprinkling of blood. The sprinkling of blood is dedicated and related to the obedience we have of growth in the Christian life. The shedding of blood gets us saved, but without the sprinkling of blood, we could never reach a point of growth. We could never reach a total point of obedience because see, the, when I got born again, the shedding of blood removed all my sins that kept me out of heaven. And the main sin that kept me out of heaven, the only sin really that kept me out of heaven, and that was rejection of Jesus Christ. The shedding of blood that Jesus gave on the cross forgave all the sins of mankind. But after we're born again, we need to, in our Christian life, handle each individual sin that comes along one at a time. And that's handled by the sprinkling of blood. Understand this, I'm going to heaven as a Christian, even if I've committed sin after I'm born again, those will be handled in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ. But I can keep them from having to be handled at the judgment seat of Christ if I do 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just, to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Romans 10, 9 and 10 is the shedding of blood. That's where I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But once I do that, the shedding of blood will no longer happen in my life. But the sprinkling of blood continues on after that because after I am born again, it's possible for me to sin, but I need something that can individually handle that sin. And that's where, again, I come to the sprinkling of blood. The sprinkling of blood is 1 John 1, 9. If Bob confesses that sin, Jesus Christ is faithful to forgive that sin, then cleanse me from any other uh, sins that surround it, all unrighteousness. And this is what I face. So listen, without 1 John 1, 9, 1 John 1, 9 doesn't get you to heaven, but 1 John 1, 9 frees you up in this life to accomplish the will of God. And so when sins entered into my life, they can separate me from fellowship, never relationship. I guess we could come down to this. The shedding of blood gives you a relationship with God. You are a child of God and will always be a child of God. Just like being born into this lifetime, you're always a child of your parents. You say, yeah, but what if you die? You know what? They still see you as a child. Your name is on the, you know, is on the burial stone there and you know that they're in heaven. You plan on seeing them sometime because they're an eternal being. But that eternal being came into being when they were conceived in the womb and then they were birthed. But you see, after they're born into this life, they do things wrong. 
but it doesn't stop them from being alive. It doesn't stop them from being your child. What it does is it breaks the fellowship of the family. And 1 John 1, 9 deals with fellowship. In fact, that's brought out in verse seven. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, but the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us and gives us fellowship with the Father, 1 John 1, 7. So again, as we are growing in the Christian life, we now have the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And this is what we're discussing here in these verses of scripture. So the shedding and sprinkling of blood, literally it's the same blood, but the amount of blood. In other words, the shedding of blood, there's bowls of it. The sprinkling of blood is just a few drops. It took a lot of blood to save me because why? It had to redeem me from Satan's family. It had to give me eternal life and replace that eternal death that was inside of me. It had to separate me and make me a member of the family of God and separate me from being a member of Satan's family. We go on and on and on with these things, but honestly, it took a lot of the power. In fact, the power of God to raise Jesus from the dead broke Satan's power over me, and I'm no longer part of his family. I'm a member of the family of God. A lot of blood was responsible for that. But the sprinkling of blood comes down to the individual cases I have in my life. And even if I commit a sin, but there's unknown sins around it, he'll forgive me of that sin by the sprinkling of blood. Then he'll cleanse me from all unrighteousness, anything else that surrounds it. Oh, the wonderful grace of God. It never stops, even through the new birth. But God simply asks us to do one thing. You spoke to get saved, you speak to come back into fellowship. You spoke to get saved and with your mouth confess Jesus Christ as Lord. But with 1 John 1, 9, we open our mouth and we mention that individual sin. Or we simply ask God to simply tell him, Lord, I've sinned. In fact, the word confess just means to say the same thing. After David had sinned in the Old Testament, I mean, he was out of fellowship with God. He saw Bathsheba bathing. He lusted after her, had adultery with her, got her pregnant, then murdered her husband to cover it all up, brought her into the house. I mean, with all of that, finally, whenever the prophet Nathan spoke to him and told him the story of the ewe lamb, and David finally saw it, this is me. He just said one thing, I have sinned against the Lord. You know what? A whole year of sin was wiped out with that, with one common thing that he said, I have sinned against the Lord, because it means to admit it. When you confess it, you admit that you have sinned. And again, this is what God is doing. This entire verse we read, verses one through seven here of 1 Peter, is talking about the fact now that we're born again, we have things to look forward to. We have the obedience, living for God. We have an inheritance in heaven and we are guarded by the power of God down here. But we're talking about also between here and there, we're gonna face trials of our faith. All I can say is in the midst of a trial, you might fall, you might fail. Thank God for the sprinkling of blood. But you don't have to go all the way back and have the blood shed again. No, it's the sprinkling of blood. And the shedding of blood is what got them out of the nation of Egypt into the wilderness and eventually into the promised land. But before they went over in the promised land, they crossed another body of water called the Jordan, which had far less water in it than the Red Sea. It's a comparison of the shedding and the sprinkling of blood. But even with that, that river that was running through there, they couldn't cross it. I'm here to tell you, you can't save yourself, nor can you bring yourself as a Christian back into fellowship with God. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ both times, both 
water, but a ton of water the first time, a little bit of water the second time, but they still couldn't cross it. It was moving so fast, God had to stop it so they could cross over to the other side. I'm here to tell you, the same God that split the Red Sea and brought you into a relationship with him and made you a child of God is the same God that now that you've been born again, if you commit a sin, you're facing the Jordan River, you need to get across it, is the same one that will bring you across the Jordan. He brought you through the Red Sea. He had the shedding of blood, but now the sprinkling of blood. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And we find this throughout the word of God. We'll talk more about this when we come back from the halftime from break here coming up. And again, I just want to tell you that you can come and you can pick this up. In fact, what's going to be offered here during this time will be this uh, flash drive of the book of Hebrews. So it'll be a great blessing to you. So when we come back from that, uh, we'll talk more about this. In fact, what we're going to get into in the second half of this broadcast deals with the same area. I'm going to talk about other comparisons in the word of God to the shedding of blood and the sprinkling of blood. I know it's going to be a great blessing for you. I'll see you right after the break. The book of Hebrews compares and contrasts Jesus to key characters and events from the Hebrew Bible. In these comparisons, his superiority is fully revealed. He is greater than the angels, the Torah, Moses, the promised land, the priesthood of Melchizedek, the priesthood of Aaron, all the sacrifices, and even the old covenant. The letter to the Hebrews makes it very clear that only one person deserves to hold the primary place in our lives. While we are busy idolizing our earthly interests and fleshly motives, Jesus offers us a better position, a better priest, a better covenant, a better hope, and a better sacrifice. In the 42 audio lessons on this USB flash drive, Bob Yandian does an extensive verse-by-verse teaching of the book of Hebrews and makes the Word of God easy to understand for every believer. To order Hebrews flash drive, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership. Here in this passage of scripture where Peter's talking to us, he addressed this to the strangers that were scattered abroad. And really strangers is how the world sees us. And we actually kind of need to look at ourselves as strangers in this area. 
Pilgrims are mentioned also in other places. Aliens are mentioned in one time. Again, these verses of scripture. So there's a number of things, a number of names attached to the fact that we as Christians don't fit in with the world. Why am I a stranger? Why am I a pilgrim? A pilgrim is somebody just passing through. And again, a pilgrim is also one that's on his way someplace else. I'm just passing through. I'm a stranger here. And that's the way we are. We are no longer citizens of this world. We're citizens of heaven. We're told in the book of Philippians that now that we've been born again, our citizenship is in heaven. I was a citizen of this earth, but the moment I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, my citizenship was stretched over to heaven itself. So while I'm here, I'm just living here. I'm a stranger here. I have another home. In fact, I haven't been to my home yet. It's like I was born in a strange land, but I'm headed toward my, the land where I came from. Much like when you have a couple, you know, and, and they're from a particular country like the United States, but they may be stationed in some other part of the world. Uh, by the military or else they're called by God into some country. And while they're there, they have a child. Well, the child is not just a, 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 a resident of that country they're in. No, they're a resident of the country where their parents are from. And one day they'll get to see that place. And it's the same way with us. I was born again in this earth while I'm here, but my home is in heaven and my citizenship is there. That's why we're called strangers. But in the meantime, in the midst of this world, we go through trials and tests. In fact, Peter brings it out. The testing of our faith, the trial of our faith, it's much like gold and silver, but once it comes out on the other side, it'll be purer. It comes back to this, we're all gonna face tests and trials. Sometimes in the midst of trials, we will fail, get back up. And we're pointing that out in the book of 1 Corinthians. He tells us we're knocked down, but what do we do? We get back up. Many times we've been, you know, uh, we, we find ourselves exhausted. We find ourselves down there, but I, I can't help but think of Rocky. I mean, after all those, those rounds, he still kept getting back up and made, uh, you know, the other guy so angry at him, Apollo, so angry at him. He says, why do you keep getting back up? And that was the thing in him. He could at least get back up. And by doing that, he won. I have been knocked down many times, but I get up. I get knocked down because in the midst of the whole thing, I give up. I call that sin. When you just basically give up, it's sin. But while laying there, I think, Bob, this is not you. This is not what the Bible says. So I get back up, but how do I get back up? First John 1, 9, I confess my sin. Father, in the name of Jesus, I have done wrong. And I thank you for forgiving me. I get back and get right back into the battle and come out stronger. And that's how in the world we as gold become more tested by fire. The problems of life, it comes down to this. The problems of life do not make you stronger. If the problems of life made us stronger, every Christian would be strong because we all go through tests and trials. It's not the trial that makes us strong. It's the faith we use in the trial and against the trial that makes us strong. It's that determination, I must stick with the word of God. When Jesus crossed that body of water with his disciples, he said, let us pass over to the other side. He gave them a promise. With every trial you go through, there is a promise that was given to you long before the trial came along. Before they got into the ship, Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. Let us means all of us. Pass over means we're not going to go halfway and sink. Let us go to the other side means we're going to make it all the way across and no one's going to be lost. And Jesus got in the ship and went to sleep. The other disciples saw this storm coming and they got their eyes on the storm and they finally, it was so bad, the waves were washing up into the ship and they went and woke up Jesus and said, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus stopped the storm. And we often say, as the disciples said, whoa, even the, the 
winds and the, and the waves are obedient to him. And they look at that as a great strength and a great act of faith. But the greatest act of faith in a storm is not to still it, it's to sleep through it. Jesus slept, he slept on that promise like a pillow. He fluffed it up and put his head on the promise. Let us pass over to the other side. And there are 7,000 promises, 7,000 pillows in the word of God that you can fluff up and lay your head on and go through the storm. And God said, that's the best thing to do. Just keep standing in that, in that trial. Just keep standing up to the trial and understand the promise of God will get you to the other side. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. If they persecuted me, Jesus said, they will persecute you. And Paul said, those who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but you can come out successful on the other side. Storms are temporary, but the sunshine is eternal. Storms only cover up the sunshine, but it's still on the other side and that storm will go away. Even if it lasts for two weeks, as Paul did on that one ship that he was on 14 days, they were bouncing all around there and the people are giving up and screaming out and all that. And Paul just sat there. You know why he sat there? An angel came and said, I'm going to deliver all these people. None of them will be hurt. The ship will be gone. All the cargo will be gone, but the people, not one of them will be hurt. And that's exactly what came out of it. There's times I've lost things around me, things that were precious to me. Why? Because the trial came along. But I come out on the other side of it. Guess what? I'm still here. And if I trust God, I get better back. The Lord will give back even better to me. So strangers here again represents the fact we are in this world, but not of this world. My promises don't come from this world. They come from God himself. In the midst of the world, I'll have troubles and trials. One day in heaven, they'll be gone completely. But understand today, though brought about by Satan, trials can even have a special part in the Christian life. We can look back and realize I grew during that time. I matured during that time because I had to stand up against the evils of Satan and the evils of this world. So though brought by Satan, trials can have a special part in the Christian life. We mature through persecution, but it's not the persecution that makes me mature. It's the faith I use in God's word and put it to the test. It's not, understand this, putting the word of God in there shows me the power of the word of God. And honestly, Tests are not to show God where I am. Tests show me where I am. When I go through a trial and fall apart, it makes me wake up to where I am and look to his word. God God knows where I am knows where my faith level is, but it simply comes back that we display Jesus Christ to the world as we come through trials. The world comes through trials, we come through trials, but you know, when the world comes through trials, they're usually bitter, angry, looking back on it, but a Christian can look back at it and say, you know what, Jesus was with me the whole time. And you know what? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers me out of them all. And though Satan should shout at me that I'm going to go under, I will say every time it is written, it is written, it is written. Those verses are also talking about here in First Peter that we were talking about, that at the rapture, we will be rewarded by God at the judgment seat of Christ. And how we came through trials on this earth will be rewarded in heaven. And uh, again, there's going to be some things I'll stand before God and have wood, hay, and stubble. That's the sins I did not confess. They'll be burned up up there. But what I did confess will not be held against me. It'll be gone at that time. But the things I did for God are considered to be gold, silver, and precious stones. I want to have a lot of rewards in heaven. So it comes back to it again. Trials are created by Satan to tempt believers to throw away their faith. Have you ever thrown away your faith? I have. Have you ever quit trusting in God? I have. Have you ever blamed God? I have. 
I think we all have, but we wake up and realize something. No, this is wrong. And that's where we need not the shed blood of Jesus Christ, but the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. If you confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and we keep on going on. In other words, we don't have, if we're ever knocked off this path, we don't have to go back to the beginning and get saved again. No, through 1 John 1, 9, we get right back in and we keep on going. I love Hebrews chapter 12. It compares the Christian life to a race. And there's been times I've been sidetracked and taken off the track, but I don't have to go back to the beginning and start over again. No, I can get up and get right back in where I was. I might be temporarily behind, but God can help me catch up and pass the others that are around me. Again, I don't want to go in the grandstands and just sit down. A lot of Christians have just basically given up gone to the grandstands and just sat down and doing nothing and waiting till the day they die. I don't want to finish my life like that. I want to say like Paul, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. There's laid up for me in heaven a, a crown. This is what I want to look forward to whenever I come to the end of my life. I want to get to the end of my life and know I have finished what God called me to do. And that's an important thing. So we constantly adjust and repair. I like that, that comparison. You know, as you drive down the road in a car, you know, you can you can be heading down that way, but a car doesn't just drive itself. I know they got these self-driving cars now, but usually you're the one that drives it. And what I mean is you can't just let go of the wheel and say, you know, keep going because after a while the car begins to go this way. And even when we do have our hands on the wheel, it's constantly this. There's small adjusts and repairs. That's the Christian life. Adjust and repair, adjust and repair. And to stay in our lane where God has called us to, it may you may think after a while I'm doing much very little of this, but if you ever watch yourself, you're constantly doing this because you get over toward this edge, you get toward that edge, and you have to stay again in the lane that God has given to you. First John 1 9 again says this: if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is the this is the sprinkling of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you some analogies again on that. I said in the first half that what I'd be discussing for a little while in this one would be different analogies on the shedding and sprinkling of blood. We talked about the Red Sea and we also talked about the fact that the Jordan River laid up there ahead. And so we call this positional truth and temporal truth. Positional truth is being born again and entering the Christian life. But then there's temporal truth on the other side that affects our daily life and where it took me the shedding of blood to get saved, not just simply takes the sprinkling of blood. Where to get saved, I had to confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ in my life and give my life to him. When it comes to daily sin, I confess the sin. He's faithful and just to forgive me of that. But also in the word of God, we have the story where Jesus was with his disciples and he mentioned the washing of the feet of the uh, apostles, but he also mentioned there about bathing. When we're born again, it's like bathing all over. But the feet of the priest of the Old Testament, they would bathe and then they would head toward the temple or toward the tabernacle to officiate and do what they're supposed to do. But by the time they got there, they simply had to wash their feet. Their feet came in contact with the dust. Our feet come in contact with the world. And there's times that the filth of the world gets off on our feet. We don't need to bathe again. We just need to wash our feet. Bathing is a type of the shedding of blood and washing our feet is a type of the sprinkling of blood. Washing from head to foot, taking a bath is a type of Romans 10, 9 and 10, where I confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ and believe in my heart God raised him from the dead and I am saved. But then there comes a time in the Christian life where I need to wash my feet. Washing my feet 
is simply 1 John 1, 9, I confess the sin. I don't need to confess the Lordship of Jesus anymore. He is my Lord. That happened one time, the shedding of blood. Sprinkling is something that happens day after day after day. And there's many sprinklings of blood in my life. Many times as a Christian, I have to come and say, Lord, I blew it today. In fact, sometimes more than, more than once a day. And I blew it. Lord, and you know what? You know what he does? He immediately forgives me, cleanses me from all unrighteousness. And I, it's like getting back up and getting back in the race and I keep on going. That is the sprinkling of blood. I trust your understanding this. And literally, again, I want you to have this flash drive that's available to you. It'll be a great blessing to you. And I will see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.